Hello all, this is Blonde Haired Girl. It's about 3.30 in the morning. I woke up and my brain went, I have an idea. You must put it all together right now. <laughs> oh gosh. Anyway, and it all it all comes together. And so I'm gonna do another bug progress podcast about this idea because I really think that it needs to be hit home. So I'm working with young primarily girls. Um, Most of them are like in their 20s, maybe early 30s. And, And they, two of them, out of not that many, two of them have come, you know, have like piped up and said something about them having borderline personality disorder. So they've, they have self-diagnosed. This is, this is the pathology that most describes me. I mean, they don't say it that way, but you know, these are, these are people who have had supposedly mental health issues for many years. And so they've been through multiple diagnoses, trying to figure out what's wrong with them. And, and they have come up with mm, borderline personality disorder mm, pretty much describes me. And I'm sitting there, you know, (laughs) with my poker face on going, you don't want that diagnosis you categorically do not want that diagnosis. When I was in graduate school, one of my classmates gave this, actually, I don't know how he did this, but it was utterly hilarious. Uh, um, like, what do they call that? Like he had to, presentation. <laughs> Oh my God, I can't even remember words sometimes. Anyway, so he does this presentation on personality disorders, and and he was like, he he just kept saying over and over again. We were all rolling. These have no cure. These personality disorders have no cure. You will never like get past this. You will live with this for your rest, the rest of your life and everyone around you will have to deal with the aftermath. <laughs> and borderline personality disorder is one of them. <laughs> so I go down and I read, you know, and it's like, you know, extreme moods. <laughs> um, lots of interest in, in activities that used to um, provide you interests, you know, um, outbursts. I'm, I'm reading this and I'm like, honestly, I do not know a woman alive who does not have these to some degree or another. I, I'm just going to say that at the outset. I don't, actually don't even know a person alive because a lot of times we we try to say that put all this on women, but men are are 
dysfunctional as well in the area of, and I've talked about this, drama. I love it. You know, oh, well, I want a drama-free life. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, well, first of all, let's redefine drama. Because all of our lives are a drama. It, that's all it is. All, all of life is a stage. Didn't Shakespeare say that, I think, in one of his plays? Anyway, um, so, <laughs> so you, we don't ever really get away from drama, even though people, you know, want to, want to try to, to say that. And so I, I actually looked up the definition for drama. I looked up the definition for drama and I, you know, it's, 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 not a bad thing. Not all dramas have have bad things in them. I mean, you have like good times and like not so good times. And I mean, it's all, you know, and so, and, and then, and in addition to that, I find, okay, here's another thing. <laughs> With that term, I want to, I, I want to me I want I want a relationship where it, that is no drama. People who say this on both sides of the fence. Um, it's also a, I'm going to be able to treat you however I want and you're not going to react to it in a negative way. I mean, if I'm good and you, and you give me alkylates, that's great. But if I do something really crappy to you, I... and you know, and you call me out on it, that's drama. And I don't like it. It's just too much for me, too much emotion to deal with that I actually did something really crappy. Um, and there are people who do crappy things a lot. I'm just saying. And, and if their mate calls them out on it, you know, it's like, I'm not going to be treated like that. I mean, in the past, I may have kept quiet more, but I, I'm not going to be treated like that. I'm calling you out on that. I'm saying, you know, and so they're the ones that look like they have started the drama, but they didn't start the drama. They're calling out the drama. But then they're called the drama queen or king. <laughs> anyway, just saying. I just like, I just always love that. So anyway, if you go through like, if you go through all of them, you know, like recently, not that long ago, I I was, this guy who was like a friend of mine, he was like, you know, would you consider yourself a narcissist? You know, this was something that I really loved about his and I's friendships is that we could actually, I could actually entertain that thought and so could he and it not be, you know, I was like, okay, am I a narcissist? I'm like, well, you know, I have to say quite honestly, I, you know, have some of the characteristics. Now, here's the thing. It becomes a disorder when, when it's the intensity, duration, and frequency that that makes it a disorder. Like if it's impacting your life. I'm going to give you like an, another example. Like, okay, so if you, 
if you um if you leave the house like I do <laughs> and think oh god did I turn off say the oven like or the stove the stove is a good one because a lot of people use the stove male and female okay did I turn off the stove and then I'm sitting there taking an inventory that is a level of OCD it's a problem when you were in the bathroom for two hours looking in the mirror and you can't leave the bathroom for two hours and you are saying statements over and over and over and over and over again and if you don't say it ten times in the same sequence whatever it is that you meant to say you know you are going to die or someone will die that is a disorder okay so we all kind of have you know a little bit of this and a little bit of that of these you know I mean everyone could kind of be somewhere like well I think a lot of people would be somewhere in the autism spectrum like if you were to actually look at the and it's not you know and so people are always asking me they were when I was working with small children you know because I have a history and I've seen a lot of children you know I say oh, well he's sort of you know but walking on your toes only is not autism it's like it, it is a a cluster of symptoms and it is the frequency the duration and the intensity so <laughs> okay so getting back to my girls who want to want to um want to pathologize um make a pathology of their symptoms as borderline personality disorder okay this is what I have and inwardly I'm going oh my god you do not want that you know but there are there are like movies that actually show like there are some people who end up in treatment facilities because they have these symptoms at an extreme And it is really impairing their life. It is impairing their life, their relationships. They are, they are really, really not functioning well at all. Some of them are turning to drugs to cope to varying degrees, drugs, alcohol, um, you know they're going from like really really high intensity abusive relationships these are relationships where somebody's beating somebody up and they're in the hospital and so so i would say you know something pretty extreme is going on but i'm not entirely sure that this is exactly the right quote-unquote diagnosis and and it kind of begs the question do we always have to put a label on someone um, but for some reasons it, it can be useful like for example in autism it's really 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 useful to have a diagnosis so that you can get services 
Um, sometimes it's useful to have a diagnosis to get disability, which can be really useful for somebody who cannot keep a job. Um, bipolar is another one that is, that I, you know, and I, I think I talked about this in a previous podcast, my issue with this. Um, bipolar is really, really, really widely um, diagnosed especially in young boys. Um, if, if he's having these outbursts, um, you know, they, they are, are obstinate defiant disorder. That's another one, ODD, which kind of a lot of times leads into a bipolar disorder. Um, but bipolar is like really awful. It's really, it's a really, really awful disorder and it has a really high suicide rate, really high. And it's very, very challenging to treat. And, and so if you're going to get a bipolar disorder, you want to like really, um, and you know, there's somebody who really depicted this like amazingly, and that was in Homeland. I think sometimes it's useful for some for somebody thinking that they may have something like this to actually see somewhere in a movie or or somewhere like a visual of what that disorder really looks like. And um, Carrie. Matheson is her name. Carrie Matheson, played by Claire Danes in Homeland, gave one of the best depictions of bipolar that I've ever seen. And and it really showed like a manic episode. Um so what would happen for her is she would <laughs> And I'm laughing because at the beginning of this, I like, I like give away. I wake up in the middle of the night with ideas, but I can't go back to sleep. But anyway, um, so she like would take days, like formulating these, these cases. And in one, in one scene, it showed she had taken an entire wall and did this visual up on this wall you know, in like, in like two days, she had just put this whole thing up on the wall. I mean, she was categorically a genius. She was very, very good at her job. And she, and she was complete, she would become manic and create amazing things. Um, and then just bringing her down from that, you know, and then she would have in their psychotic episodes, just full stop psychosis, um, where that I talked about in my last podcast about the Joker, where, where it's not, it, it turns into a, um, losing touch with reality, (laughs) which is, which is a fine line, which I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole today. So I'm just going to keep it they're they're not sure about what's happening around them. They're not sure it, it, they have lost touch with reality. 
And so sometimes they end up in, in a hospital, like, a, you know, a hospital of various types of hospitals. Sometimes it's a regular hospital and sometimes it's a psychiatric hospital. And, 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 and medications can be really, really, really useful in this case. Um, medications can be useful and, and also like in this show, it depicted that she got electric shock treatments, which I'm not recommending to anybody ever. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't know enough about all this. Um, but she did indeed in this particular movie, get electric shock treatments, which are still a therapy for bipolar disorder. Um, and I guess if it's between, it's a, if it's an effective tool between a person ousting themselves, jumping into the Grand Canyon, or getting electric shot, I mean, sometimes it might be preferable. Um, but anyway, so it's met with these cycles, and sometimes they're they're like weak cycles sometimes they're I mean the frequency and the duration is different for everyone um but okay so <laughs> okay so I have a number of these girls who are trying to get you know who think they have this diagnosis and I think part of the reason why they think this diagnosis is the closest is because of this one seems to be closer to just relationships because like bipolar seems a little bit more of a mood disorder where where borderline personality disorder seems to have more to do with relationships with other people and and an insecure attachment that somehow in their in their very when they were very young, the insecure attachment would lead, possibly lead to a person having borderline personality disorder later in life because they developed this because they did not have a secure attachment to anyone in their childhood. I mean, which could be argued. I mean, this could all be a possibility. <clears throat> but anyway, so these are girls that are are having significant issues with relationships that are sometimes they're ending up in the hospital because of an altercation. And so I, <laughs> and so then I, I delve into, okay, so, you know, they want this unofficial diagnosis. Well, and then here's the other thing that I, that I want to share about this. Okay. So just the fact that they have this supposed diagnosis of of borderline personality disorder make it okay for them to just participate in abusive patterns throughout their life. Oh, well, I have borderline personality disorder. That's just how I am. Because they absolutely are engaging in it in this abusive pattern a lot of times what i've noticed is is that women 
in particular, this can be with men too, but I, I'm only going to speak from the woman standpoint because I, I'm, I would have a really hard time putting on a male lens on this one. And I'm just going to say my own bias on this. Women oftentimes really victimize themselves. You know, they, you know, basically, you know, he cheated on me and, and, or he, he hit me and put me in the hospital. And, and so, okay. Um, but if you were to really, really, really look at the situation, like really, really dissect it, I call it dissecting. If we were to dissect that, that particular altercation, they are participating in it. And there is a, there is a, a hit, there's a cognitive hit, like a, a, a chemical payoff in the brain to participate in this. While it may be a negative, it is still a payoff. They are still receiving some kind of something in the brain and that they become actually addicted to. So they become addicted to this pattern of abuse. So when they, when they get out of this abusive relationship, they, they're, they are going through actual like withdrawal and getting through the withdrawal process is horrendous. It's as horrendous with, um, with, with relationships, I believe it can be just as well. I don't know. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to make a comparison game out of it. It can be horrendous to get out of a abusive relationship, but they also participate. Well, like the first time that they see this, they should leave. They should just leave the relationship. But instead, what ends up happening is, you know, oh, well, I love him. He's never really been loved by anyone quite like me before. So, you know, I don't want to leave him. You know, I love him. This is what love is. Is, you know, in our minds in some way, no matter what you do to me, I'm still going to love you and I'm not going to leave you. And all of this is just complete rubbish. And so, but instead of, of leaving, this is their, the pattern uh, that their life has, has kind of gone down. And it could be that they were actually hit as children. Um, now being hit at, as a child is a completely different thing that is being a child. But then once they, they, there comes a time where they start to really participate in this and there is something, and I've seen this, I've actually seen this and they, they, they it's almost as if words become daggers. And it's this jousting, these, this like, like this, who can hurt the other person the most? 
like who who can actually um sink this this sword into the other one the deepest so let me find the word that is your biggest weakness and throw it at you now we're not doing this consciously right i mean really i mean some people may be self-reflective enough to realize what they're doing but a lot of people they're not they do not realize what they're doing that they're actually throwing bombs at their partner and then and then it it comes to violence physical violence and sometimes i think that women are really um women are really like they don't really talk about the violence that they participate in even regard to a, to men and like they may actually throw the first punch <laughs> you know but there is this this uh societal norm that boys do not hit girls ever um i'm getting like way too deep in this this part of it but um so basically the and so getting out of these relationships is very 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 difficult and staying out of them is even worse and like i recommend i recommend a very very um strong approach and that is if you really want out you may need to change your number you have to block this person you cannot they cannot have any access to you because what ends up happening is they end up using the sweet boys can we talk one way or another like if a, if a guy is with a a a girl who has you know a pathology um, it could be the other and you know like people who have been in relationships like this know it's like you know I can't I can't hear their voice right now there may come a time where you would be able to but but you know right now probably not and so I recommend um, that they you have to walk in the direction and you have to do whatever steps it is I mean, some people have to move, like physically up and move, um, like literally block them. Blocking the person is actually the first step. You cannot have any access to this person whatsoever. You just can't do it. At least for a period of time when a relationship is in this pattern. Um, but anyway, so I wake up this morning at three o'clock and three <laughs> thirty, and I have this visual. I have this visual, and I'm I'm going to make. I think I'm going to make them in like thirty day sequences, or maybe forty five days. I don't know. It has to be divisible by two because I'm going to make like a journal 
that I want them to fill out every day. And I have this whole, it all came to me. Okay, I could do it this way and this way and this way. And I could take it to like an office max and have it bound. And um, <laughs> it's just so weird, like these ideas, you know, I'm saying, okay. And then the cover, I want it to look like this. And like, I, <laughs> so I got this whole thing created. I'm not sure if I can, how long it will take me to put it together, but um, I'm really excited about it. And I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I might be able to actually sell these. If I, if I made them look like really nice, I might, I might be able to actually sell this idea. Um, I really, I really believe in journaling to an extent. I'm not entirely sure. I believe in just writing our feelings every day. I I had done that for years and off and on, and I started to notice that it was just the same journal entry every day. Well, life sucked. <laughs> life con- continues to suck. Please, God, help me, you know. Uh, I mean, I like I would read them. I'm like, oh my god! And I finally just like destroyed them because I'm like, dear Jesus, if anything happens to me, I do not want people to be able to read this. Um, so I quit doing that. But I I started to do something that I was taught to me by Abraham Hicks that actually changed my life, and that was the writing of positive aspects just writing positive aspects every day um, or I did it a lot in times when I was not doing well um, and I ended up carrying a small journal everywhere I went like really small like it was in my purse or for a guy maybe in your in your pocket and and when I would when my brain would want to go down this, you know, path of negativity, I would pull out my journal and I would start writing things that I enjoyed about my life. And so I have like, so when I pass, my children are going to find all of these journals (laughs) with like positive things about my life. Or like something with, you know how that happens where somebody says something or you read something or you hear something oh I really like that you know and you write it down I have those so they're filled with like all kinds of ideas and um and so I I'm totally good with them seeing that I'm not good with them seeing life sucks always did always will and god help me (laughs) beam me up Scotty And so I liked that um, what I'm trying to create is a little bit, um, it's a little bit manipulative and it's like, okay, I only want you to focus on these things and it's basically restructuring their, their thoughts because it's like, what is, what is the antecedent to feeling terrible, to feeling like you want to call the guy or you want to use drugs you want to drink alcohol like okay what is the antecedent before you get the urge to go eat 
an entire huge bag of M&Ms. I mean, whatever it is. Um, and the dysfunctional pattern of behavior that comes from actually an irrational thought. Although, quite frankly, sometimes we create a life that really does play over and over and over and over horrible events. And um, and so it's really imperative that we change that moving forward. And just having the hope that things can change is the first step. <laughs> But anyway, now that I've shared with you the contents of my brain for the last half hour, I am going to go back to sleep. (laughs) I appreciate you listening, and I will be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.